Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Hey listeners, it's Trish Hammond here from Transforming Bodies and today I'm joined by Dr. Robert Drillsma. Now Dr. Drillsma is actually based in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and he does amazing breast reductions and today we're going to talk about breast reductions because having been a patient who's been through breast reduction surgery myself, I know how how much breast reduction patients appreciate <coughs> uh, what they've had done and I also know um, you know, the doctors that do the really good breast reductions and there's, and there's no doubt about it that Dr. Drillsma sits in that category in my mind. So welcome Dr. Drillsma. Thank you. Yeah, nice to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. So so tell us, first of all, you must have done like a squillion breast reduction procedures. Do you have any idea how many you've done roughly? It'll be, <clears throat> it'll be several, you know, it'll be thousands. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly how many, but I've been yeah. in practice for about 25 years. So they add up. A lot. Um, it's always been a significant part of my practice. But it's getting more and more um more dominant in my practice as I uh, as I get more senior in my career. Um, mm-hmm. So probably every list I do would have a breast reduction on um, or two now. So it's getting yeah yeah yeah. And it's really funny because like I wanted one pretty much all my life since I was like you know sixteen years old because I, I hated having big breasts and probably the thing and, and I'm presuming a lot of your patients would have said the same thing but most people tend to say the only regret is not having done it sooner would you agree with that it's certainly a not uncommon comment that people make um but it's a big decision and um you know I think I see teenagers even underage teenagers brought in by their mothers to have breast reductions they have to put it off for a while um women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Certainly the women have it in their 40s and 50s often will make that comment that they wish they'd had it done earlier. But um, have to be very careful about making a decision like that as a young woman because obviously the, one wants to think about having a family and breastfeeding and issues of scarring and things. So certainly if particularly a younger woman is going to have a breast reduction, they want to think about how it's going to be done and how it's going to look afterwards because it's not just a matter of reducing the size of the breast and feeling more comfortable, but also having a beautiful breast afterwards. And um, that's going to be very uh, dependent on who does the breast reduction and how it's done, which methods used. That's so true. So, so on that, I'll ask you about the methods in a minute, but um, what about, what about breastfeeding? So does, just because you have a breast reduction, does that mean you can't breastfeed or, or is it? No, it doesn't, doesn't mean necessarily you can't breastfeed, but there's certainly a significant risk that you will not be able to breastfeed. So, um, and I think that's underplayed by most surgeons. Um, I, I have patients who are told by various people around that uh, they'll probably be able to breastfeed after a breast reduction. I don't agree that that's true. Um, I think... The, there certainly is possible to breastfeed, and I have had women breastfeed after having breast reductions, but um, it's, it's certainly something to be considered. Probably 
at least 50% of women, if not more, won't be able to breastfeed after having breast reduction. So, um, wow, 70% roughly. I'm not, I'm not putting a figure on it, but I'm just saying okay. I, I think the the uh, the issue of not being able to breastfeed after having breast reduction is underplayed out there. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't subscribe to that. I, I, I'd like to tell my patients that, you know, there's a significant risk you won't be able to breastfeed, but that doesn't mean you won't be able to breastfeed. So if someone comes to me who's 25 and is planning to have a start a family in the next two or three years, I say, well, and you know, they're very keen to breastfeed. I say, well, put it off until after you've had your children. Yep, that, that, that makes a whole lot of sense, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned about the different types. Can, can you, like, can you tell us what, what they are? Like, so there's, I know that there's, um, actually, I really, I've even had a breast reduction. I don't even know what type I had to me. I was just like, just give me I, a breast I, reduction. I almost be 100% sure of what type you've had, Trish. <laughs> How would you know that? And it won't be the way I've done it. <laughs> yeah, right. So but tell I, us, what, what makes it, like, well, what makes, yeah. Probably 99% of surgeons around the, around Australia would be using what's called an anchor technique on pretty much every breast reduction they do. Um, you are 100%. That's what I've got. Actually, it's the one that's got the scar under the boob yep. and the scar up the middle and then the scar around the nipple. So it looks like an anchor. That, that, yes, that's exactly what I've got. Yeah. And I, I would have been very surprised if you hadn't had that uh, method used. <clears throat> so that, so that's the by far the commonest method that's offered to women. What most women who end up having a breast reduction using that method don't realise is that there is uh, a very good alternative which gives a superior shape with less scarring called the lollipop technique. Um, and if, um, if they haven't heard or read about that technique and it's, and it's not offered to them, then they'll you know, not, not realise that there's an alternative way of doing it. So I, I would probably do 95% breast reductions using a lollipop technique. Now, a lollipop doesn't have the scar running underneath the breast. <clears throat> yeah, that's really interesting. You, you should say that because you're right. I wasn't, um, I didn't do, I mean, I had it done over uh, about 10 years, oh no, 12 years ago now. So um, I wasn't, you know, there was nothing out there to do any research at the time. And to me, a breast reduction was a breast reduction. But um, now, years later, I actually do get a um, pain on my scar line on one side, and that's exactly where the under scar um, is. But yeah, if I had been offered a lollipop, I would have absolutely gone a lollipop. I don't think there's anyone who, given the option of a lollipop versus an anchor, mm-hmm. choose to have an anchor. Um, you know how you. You know how you said you'd do 95% of women with a lollipop? Like, who were those other five that you wouldn't? Like, like who, who would not be able to have a lollipop? They're breasts that are, are so large, in, in my experience, that um, I, I back off and I don't think a lollipop will, will work. And um, they tend to be, you know, women who are having <clears throat> well in excess of a kilogram taken off each breast. Um, and... Um, the measurement of their nipple from the top of their breastbone is sort of getting up to 40 centimetres or so. So in those women, uh, I, I do an anchor. I, I do I do quite quite a nice anchor 
risk reduction. Um, uh, you know, I have to explain to those women that they're not suitable for Olipop and we'll do a, a nice anchor and it will work well. Um, but they're the 5% that, um, that fall into that category in my practice. But the rest are all very suitable for Lollipop. Yeah. And, and with, with the, um, you know, you're saying it gives a better finish. And, and the only reason I'm asking this question is because now that you've mentioned it, I think, aha, because there's one thing I don't really like about my boobs. So is it the fact that, because I've noticed, like I've seen a lot of breast reductions and a lot of them, I think, oh, that could be my boobs because they kind of sit a little bit sort of flat, not flatter at the bottom, but they're kind that's of... Called, um, that's called boxy. Yes, that's boxy the word. And, and, and the, boxy, the boxy look is, uh, is, is the, typical, the typical outcome, the expected outcome of an anchor scar. Um, so they might look round to start with, <clears throat> but over time as the breast tissue wants to move down and all breast tissue does want to move down every second, every minute, every day, <clears throat> um, it, it reaches a, it, it comes up, up against a roadblock and the roadblock is where that skin has been removed underneath the breast. Right. And so then flattens out because it, the most constriction is in the middle of the breast and then there's less constriction as you get out to the corners. And so you get a boxy look because there's a rounding, relative rounding at the, at the middle and the outside, and then there's a constriction in the middle, which causes a flattening there. So that's called the boxy appearance. Okay, that, that the, you've explained it perfectly. That's exactly what it is I've got. It yeah. doesn't take any skin out from underneath the breast, so mm -hmm. that constriction doesn't occur. And that's why the breast remains rounded. In fact, the, the shape of the breast improves with time rather than deteriorates. The other thing is with a anchor scar is that there's usually a dog ear, what's called a dog ear, is a little bump at the, at the outer and inner end of the anchor scar because uh, that's what happens when skin is taken out and you try to close it. Same thing happens with tummy tucks. So, Often you'll see a little bump or a little notch in the skin, and it's called a dog ear uh, with an anchor pattern. Yeah. Plus, it's a much yes. bigger scar pattern. So, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> you're right. I've got that too. <laughs> I've got all yeah. of it. So, yeah, well, that, so that's, that's the typical result of, a, of an anchor. There's not much that can be done about it. If we go trying to chase those dog ears, um, the, the scar just gets longer and longer and longer, out wider in the middle, and it's just not worth doing. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, the, is, well, those don't put the scar there in the first place. Yeah, of course. That makes. Uh, I wish I'd known that. I tell you. Um, so on that point, so if someone did have a breast reduction with a anchor lift, mm. and and they thought to themselves, oh, oh I want to like, I'd like a little bit more, you know, I'd like to be a bit smaller or higher or whatever. Can you actually revise a surgery like that, or once you're done, you're done? You can't can't take those scars away. <clears throat> they're there for good. Yeah. yeah. It, a, um, <clears throat> a patient who has uh, an old anchor can have another lift or reduction using a lollipop, but the, the, the old scars that are there underneath the breast will stay there. Okay. So, mm -hmm. yep. so okay. That, that's something for women, particularly younger women, to think about. That, is, that, that scar that's yeah. there is there for life. We can't undo it. We can't decide, oh, well, I, 
I, I regret having it done that way. I'm going to go back and have this revised and get an, a lollipop. You're going to have the scar there anyway. It's not going to go away. Yeah. You know, you're so right. It's really important to make that decision when you first, um, yeah, yeah, when you first start to sort of, or to even know that it's available. Because I think, you know, like in, in hindsight, well, if I hadn't known, number one, I would absolutely have gone lollipop. But in hindsight, having had the anchor, I do have the scars, which I don't really actually care about the scars, but I do have like one of the sides, my scar hurts on one side and it, and it always has, which is really weird. So, yeah, why, why would you um, not go that option if you could, for sure? Well, <clears throat> if you could, and, and, and of course, um, having a lollipop means not only wanting to have it done that way, but finding someone who will do it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, who's someone who does does it, who does do it. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. Um, another trap to be aware of is because I've, I've had patients come and tell me this. They say they went... They went to another clinic and said, well, what about, you know, I, I want to have the lollipop, you know, do, do you do the lollipop? And they're told, yes, we, we do the lollipop, come in for a consultation and we'll, we'll assess you. They go into their consultation and then they're told, well, yes, I do do the lollipop, but you're not suitable. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. You need, you need an anchor. Then they come and see, see me and tell me this story and I look at them and say, well, you're, you're actually a very easy, straightforward lollipop. <laughs> so, yes. you know, people need to be aware of that too because um, yeah. uh, and if, if you want a lollipop, you you know, almost certainly it can be done for you. You just need to find someone who, who does them and does them regularly and does them well. Yeah. And I guess that comes back to the thing as well, like um, because I did have two consultations um, when I had my surgery but I can't remember what the other doctor said but um it comes back to that same thing hey it's always good to get that second opinion hey yeah well yeah and, and do your research yeah yeah exactly yeah, I, so I, can I, I think with the, the philosophy of breast reduction is that you know women who are having breast reductions as opposed to lifts now we're not talking about lifts the people who are having a bona fide breast reduction are having problems <clears throat> you know, they're getting back shoulder neck pain, they've got trouble with body image, their clothes won't fit them, they're embarrassed walking down the street, they won't go to the pool, they won't go to the beach. So they're, they're, they're in, you know, they've got problems that are real and, and, and need, uh, you know, something done about it. it <clears throat> the point I make to my patients is that it doesn't matter how the breast reduction is done, whether it's a, an anchor, which can be done well or very poorly and there's a lot of very poorly anchors being done out there <clears throat> or whether it's a lollipop done well or poorly as long as tissue is taken off the breast in you know an adequate amount they will feel better after the breast reduction so you know in any surgeon that competently does a breast reduction doesn't matter how they do it how how good or bad it looks afterwards the patient will feel relieved after the breast reduction. The difference is how they will look after the breast reduction and how much scarring will be on their breasts and if there's any deformity there. So that's, that's, that's the second thing to think about. So if, if you go and have a breast reduction and have 500 grams taken off each breast, you will feel better. You'll have yeah. shoulder, neck and back pain. Clothes will fit better. If you want to look, if you want a beautiful breast after the reduction, because some of these girls, particularly in their 20s and teens, they have beautiful breasts before. They're big, they're too big, but they're beautiful breasts. You understand what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah. 
So With shape and you know, yeah. yeah, beautiful breasts. And you know, you you show the average average guy, and he's just like salivating. He just thinks these amazing breasts. So if they're going to have a reduction, it's it's crucial that they end up with a, a, a beautiful breast afterwards as well, because otherwise, why do it? Why why destroy a beautiful breast for a deformed one? If you have, you know, if you're in a young woman who has a, a very, you know, attractive breast to start with. Um, so I, I think particularly in that situation, um, it really distresses me when I see a poorly done anchor done in that situation. Yeah. And, and even any anchor done in that situation because they could have had a lollipop and had a, a, a lovely aesthetic result at the end. <clears throat> so does one know, take longer than the other? Like, could that be what? Like, or not necessarily? Or what the surgery time? Y yeah. No, it's about the same. About the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. And so I was going to ask with the breast reduction, like you mentioned you know, 500 grams of each boob, you know, like it lose a kilo or then someone who might be five um, kilos of each breast and, and the recovery. Extremely rare. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry. I, I, actually, I, I do done, know someone who's... I have done one patient in my career that took that I took four kilograms off his breast, uh, but that's, again, extremely rare. Um, wow. If, you must be like a god to her. <laughs> well, I'm here. <clears throat> That, that, that's a very rare situation. But, you know, I mean, normally, normally uh, you're in around the 250 to 750 gram side that's coming off. Um, yep. They can be bigger than that. Uh, they can be smaller than that. But that, that, there's a bell curve, and that's that's sort of the the peak of the bell curve in that in that range. So, um, I find. The way I do the breast reductions, the breast tells me how much to take off. So I don't try and double guess it. I don't say to a patient, I'm going to take 600 grams off each side on you. I'll tell them the breast will tell us how much to take and we won't fudge that. We'll, we'll, we'll be guided by the breast. And is there... The more is taken off. The smaller the breast, less is taken off. That's how it works. Yeah. And is there a, like, what's the recovery time? Like, first of all, is it day surgery or is it overnight? Because, like, I, I think when I had mine, it was, like, years ago and I was had private cover so I could stay in for a few nights. But what's what's the go nowadays? One night in hospital. Um, yep. There's, there's drains in which come out the next day. And then <clears throat> um, very little pain usually. Uh, most... most and my patients are pleasantly surprised how little pain there is. Um, so they're often reading horror stories on the internet about how painful breast reductions can be. And they, they find that it's actually very little or no pain. Some of my patients don't even take painkillers. Home the wow. next day and um, I see them a week later. Usually they're back at work at comfortably at two weeks. That wow. Be a it's, see, I, I find that mind-blowing because... I was that patient who had a horrific recovery. Like my, I, I was in so much pain. Yeah, so much pain. And I've had tummy tucks and nose job and everything. And but my breast reduction was like so intense for me. Mm. So it's just yeah. But so 
one one so overnight stay in hospital and then the drains come out the next day so so you take the drains out while they're in hospital that's right yeah. mm, that's good so much go home with drains and then and then follow up after that so do you, do you put a um bra on them when they're yeah, in uh, we have special surgical bras that are arranged um for them and um they button down the front so we don't have to sort of lift your arms up in the air to get them on and off and then you're worn for about four to six weeks and then into sports bras after that. Support okay. Sports bras. Yep. And how long do you, you reckon before they can go back to do, like if they do weights or um, exercise or, you know, moving, you know, anything where they've got to move their arms up over their head? How, how long do you reckon? Yeah, generally hold off on that for six weeks and then start um, gently building that up to back to normal again. Okay. Okay. Six weeks is not long. Okay, the other thing I was going to ask you is when do you see them after they've had their, their breast reduction? So when do they come back to you to kind of, you know, make sure everything's okay? But I get, yeah. Well, I see them the next morning in hospital mm -hmm. and I see them at one week um, yep. to simplify their dressing so they can shower. So the dressings are not touched for one week, so they have to stay dry. And then um, simplify them at one week so they can shower and then, at two weeks, I see my patients again. Usually, people are going back to work then, um, and then um, I routinely send them four weeks, and you know, as often as necessary after that, if, if, yep. uh, if required. Yep. And when they, uh, sorry, I, I know that we haven't got long, but um, the other thing I was going to ask you was about, um, oh God, sorry, if someone. If someone comes, has their surgery, is there any after-surgery stuff that they need to do when they've had a breast reduction or it's just keep it clean for a week, wear your compression garment. If you need it, take the painkillers and that's pretty much it? That's pretty much it, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Usually not much in the way of painkillers. Mm -hmm. I usually have my patients on antibiotics for one week, just oral antibiotics, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Yep. Apart from that. Yeah. And then there's a, a fairly routine protocol of uh, simplifying the dressings and changing taping and using a silicon sheet scar treatment, um, you know, after a month or so. So it's all a fairly routine process mm -hmm. uh, that everyone follows. Yeah. yeah, awesome. So just one last question because um, I had a girl at my work. Who, she had a, the surgery on a Thursday, was back at work on Monday, and I could not go back to work for a solid six months. It was just ridiculous. But... So you're saying people can, can go back to work usually within a couple of weeks. Yep. I, I love this. God, I wish it was me. I'll tell you, a couple of weeks. And then you know, exercise slowly after six weeks, start to introduce things slowly and stuff like that. And you should be full on back to normal within three months. Yeah, it'd be unusual not to be. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And, and office, the, office work, you'd be comfortably back at work at two weeks. Yep. Yep. And how long does the procedure take? Like, how long does it take you to do? Or, or does it surgery, depend on the size of the breast? Yeah, surgery takes three hours to do in the operating theatre and then, um, yeah, one night in hospital. Three hours? Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's... Um, that's uh, if you're going to be in getting operated on in three hours sides, on your boobs, then do a good job. Yeah, that's it's absolutely just right. Just uh, that only take an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea how long it took. Hey, how's that? Oh, that's awesome. That's really interesting. And is there anything that people need to do before to prepare for having 
a breast reduction surgery or, or there's nothing like should they be rubbing any special oils no. on to make that nothing no, just um you know don't take aspirin or aspirin containing products for two weeks before um normal diet uh, just usual normal routine things there's nothing special yeah, yeah awesome and look last question i'm gonna ask you is so is there anyone that this surgery wouldn't be any good for like anyone that it would be contraindicated for Apart from uh, well, someone who's got no boobs. <laughs> yeah, no, if you don't have breasts, it would be contraindicated. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> even even women with yeah, smaller breasts that are saggy, uh, they'd be more looking into the spectrum of a lift rather than a reduction. Um, it's the same technique, though, to do the operation. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, you know, as the breasts get larger, then the, the, the breast reduction gets larger. Um, um, so someone who has normal size breasts that aren't sagging, they're you know they're not they're not candidates for breast reduction or lift. Mm-hmm. Someone who has low breasts <clears throat> that are um, either empty or very full and big, then they're good candidates for a breast reduction. And breast reduction always involves a breast lift. Right. But a breast okay. lift doesn't necessarily have to involve a breast reduction. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And can I ask you one more question? Be- could you tell me how the how Medicare works for a breast reduction at the moment? I know it changes all the time, but um, if it's deemed medically necessary, yeah. So got- all, all all breast reductions are deemed medically necessary. There's no mm-hmm. there's no argument from um, Medicare about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so there is a Medicare item number, which means that uh, the patient qualifies for a Medicare rebate. Um, and if the patient is in a private health fund, then they qualify in, in a suitable level of private health cover, then they will be helped by their health fund to pay or partially pay hospital costs um, and um, top up the Medicare uh, rebate. So people who are uninsured, um, would need to self-fund the hospital costs, but would still get a rebate from Medicare. People who are in health funds um, would either fully or partially be covered for their hospital time and and stay in theatre and overnight. And they would also get a little bit more back on top of their Medicare rebate for their surgery. Awesome. And that's as it stands as of January 2021, because yeah. it could change tomorrow, hey? <laughs> it, could, it could change tomorrow, but um, yeah. uh, I can't, it, no. it's more likely to change yeah. 12 months, but um, I, I doubt it will change tomorrow. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I got, I've, done, I've done a lot of interviews on breast reduction. I've had breast reduction, but I've actually learned a heap of stuff today. So that's been really, really helpful. I've got to thank you so much. And I'm, I'd love to do another one of these just on a breast lift as well when yeah, you know sure. another time if you're up for it yeah yeah, yeah no. awesome Th- thank you so much for joining us today thank you awesome so listeners look if you do want to um, visit dr drizma you can get in touch with his office as i said they are in the eastern suburbs of sydney you can just um google him it's his surname is d-r-i-e L-S-M-A, <laughs> I nearly got that one wrong. Um, or otherwise, you can just drop me an email to info at plasticsurgeryhub.com.au. 
Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Drilsma. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye. The Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. For more information, visit plasticsurgeryhub.com.au or email info at plasticsurgeryhub.com.au. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.